BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have two big legal wins, but Harry's statement against his family pushed this to trial. But now the plaintiffs in the case, such as Prince Harry, want to use the information that the tablets provided this inquiry in their civil defamation case. And the judge is going to need to rule, is this okay? Duchess Kate may ditch the tiara, the coronation invites are ready, and Camilla shines in Germany. She was in um, the Greville Honeycomb tiara, which she wears a lot. She pulls it off so well with her very voluminous signature hairdo. Like, not many people can carry off a tiara that is that big. Plus, Kensington Palace curator Claudia Akat williams breaks down the latest exhibition, Crown to Couture. Seeing Queen Bee on the throne is just, it's such a, it's such a wow moment. And it's such a, you know, I think it's a, a really poignant moment to see her there as well. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and welcome to another big week of royal news. Um, a little bit of everything. We have a, a royal visit, we have some coronation news, and we have some legal news. I know, we're getting closer to the coronation, we're getting more and more tidbits about what we're going to see on this historic day, so there's a lot to cover. Definitely. Before we get into it, like always, want to see what you guys had to say about last week's show. Lorianne says, all the drama going on with the royal family just reminds me of the beautiful princess who happens to be the mother of these two feuding sons. I actually feel like she was heartbroken in life and now in death. I mean, it is such a shame to see, you know, what is going on with the family as, you know, as much as we know about it, but it is, you know, I'm sure, sure she wouldn't be happy about it. I think a lot of, you know, especially a lot of mothers kind of think, God, if my sons are going through this, it's just heartbreaking right. to think about it on like a personal, emotional level. Totally. Um, and then Tracy says, Charles needs to be very careful. The queen knew that people liked a bit of mystery. If he pulls the curtain back too far and makes the monarchy just ordinary working people, then people will lose interest and wonder why they're paying taxes to a family to do what others can do. Pretty good point. Totally agree with Tracy. There's been a lot of conversation about this this week, especially about, you know, how scaled back it, can you go before there's no point to doing this? So mm -hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Definitely. And then Cheryl says, I understand his privacy complaints against the media, yet he uses the court attention to once again trash his family, whose privacy he has seriously invaded time and time again. Shame on him. Of course, talking about Prince Harry, we've talked about this time and time again as well. A um, little bit of a double standard. All right, well, let's get right into our Royal Roundup. And we have some big coronation news. King Charles, of course, is gearing up for the coronation ceremony with the release of his and Queen Consort Camilla's official coronation portrait and invitation. Now, per the palace, the ornate card features the Green Man, which is an ancient figure from British folklore, symbolic of spring and rebirth to celebrate the new reign. 
And the invitation, which was designed by Andrew Jameson, was hand-painted in watercolor and will be reproduced and printed on recycled card and gold foil detailing, which, of course, we know King Charles is a big environmental advocate. So this kind of goes hand in hand. So this highly sought after invite also features a lion, unicorn and boar, which are all symbols from the monarch's coat of arms. The card will be issued in due course that they said to over 2000 guests. So hopefully our invite is in the mail. And they added that Prince George, of who, of course, is Charles's eldest grandson and second in line to the throne, will be among one of the eight pages of honor who have been chosen to attend their majesties during the coronation service. So gearing up, we have one month to go till this big celebration, and it's going to be great. All right, let's move on over to Prince Harry, who is also making some news. So he did return to court for its final day of the hearing, as it was determined that his lawsuit against Associated Newspapers is going to trial. Of course, he sued the Associated Newspapers publisher of the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday for illegal information gathering. This was a four-day hearing that began last week. We talked a little bit about it last week, and it was to consider legal arguments from both sides as they argue that the case should be thrown out. As we know, that it is not now. He sent in a witness statement blasting the royal family for saying they withheld information against him from him in this uh, phone hacking. So interesting that this will be going to trial. And I mean, I don't know how this is going to play out, but, you know, if it's going forward, you know, Prince Harry will definitely be there. Yeah, it's this is such an interesting double-edged sword. Prince Harry has said that it's his life's work to sort of reform the media, which is such a huge undertaking, especially since every time he does this, every time he sues a newspaper and goes to trial, it ends up hurting him so yeah. badly. This is a great case in point where we're talking about how he's blasted where the royal family withheld information from him. When you actually read the statement, it says that members of the royal household didn't tell him about every bad headline that was written about him, which, to be honest, I would probably not want to hear every bad headline written about right. me either. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's sort of he, he's making the story sound a lot worse and the media is making the story sound a lot worse. We're now wondering why on earth he's doing this, because it just makes him, you know, it, it just puts him back into these headlines that he doesn't want to be a part of. Definitely. Um, All right. Well, to give us a little bit more insight into this case is Nima Romani. He's the president of West Coast Trial Lawyers. We checked in with him last week as well. He's the host of our legal series, Legally Us. And he revealed why this witness statement may have helped him in this case. Take a look. Were you surprised that Harry flew to London to be present for this since it's not on trial yet? I'm not surprised. And if you care about a case, doesn't matter whether it's Sheena Shea today or Prince Harry or even Gwyneth Paltrow, you have to show up. So, you know, not showing up is a very easy way to lose your case. So, and the prince feels very strongly about the British tabloid. So what we're dealing with now isn't the actual trial. We're dealing with some kind of nuanced uh, procedural pre-trial issues. So I'm going to break them down so folks can understand what's going on. You know, one of the biggest issues is why did the prince wait so long to bring these claims, right? If this happened more than a decade ago, why is he filing now? Why is everyone, you know, Elton John, Liz Hurley, all these British celebrities doing it now? So the prince's argument is that the institution, that's what he calls the royal family, basically kept him in the dark. You didn't have information about these claims because they did not want to sue on the British tabloids. So that's going to be his argument as to why there was a delay in bringing this case. Mm-hmm, definitely. So will this witness statement, will this make a difference in anything? 
I think so. I mean, there's some really important pretrial matters that are happening right now. One is, of course, the prince's testimony. But the other issue is there was an inquiry, essentially a public investigation there in the UK. It was about, I think, 2011 or 2012. It was the Levinson inquiry, the Levinson inquiry. And what happened there was um, there was this body, this judicial body, they investigated these allegations and they told the British press that if you provide information voluntarily, it will be confidential. But now the plaintiffs in the case, such as Prince Harry, want to use the information that the tablets provided this inquiry in their civil defamation case. And the judge is going to need to rule, is this okay? They provide the information with understanding to be confidential. It wouldn't be used against them, but can it be used against them now? Yeah, it's definitely very interesting. And uh, we'll have to see how this one all plays out. But we do know how one lawsuit played out. A Florida judge did dismiss Samantha's Mar- Samantha Markle's $75,000 lawsuit, ruling um, Megan's opinion of her experience growing up was just that, her opinion, and that it was not defamation. So Samantha had claimed in Megan's 2021 tell-all interview that she grew up an only child and only met her half-sister a handful of times. Um, and that was not slander. She argued that this Samantha argued that the statement was false, malicious and humiliating. But a judge denied this. And now this case is dismissed. Um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's hard to um, prove defamation. I mean, it very rarely comes out in favor. I mean, Johnny Depp and I think Amber Heard is an exception, but it's very hard to prove something like this. And I'm not surprised that this one was kind of thrown out. Yeah, it's so interesting. Samantha Markle sort of been active on Twitter saying that they're going to revise their case. They might, you know, bring it back to a judge um, sort of going from a different direction. She just seems determined to punish her to punish Megan for some sort of wrongdoing. So uh, Samantha just seems really, really unhappy and looking for justice, however she can get it. Definitely. However she can get it. And I feel like probably something else will be brewing uh, as uh, years continue to go on. Um, Yeah. So um, glad I'm sure Megan is very happy that this was uh, put to rest because if this did go to trial as well, she probably would have had to testify and it would have been a whole other media spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Exactly. All right. Well, the queen consort Camilla looked absolutely radiant in Germany. She was wearing wearing the Greville tiara and Queen Elizabeth's diamond fringe necklace at the diplomatic dinner in Berlin. The event was held on the first night of their three day trip to the country with King Charles. And this was, of course, the first overseas visit of the new reign after their trip to France got canceled. I think she looked beautiful during this trip. She looked amazing. She was in um, the Greville Honeycomb Tiara, which she wears a lot. She pulls it off so well with her very voluminous signature hairdo. Like not many people can carry off a tiara that is that big. Um, And then she wore an iconic neck, a necklace that's iconic for Queen Elizabeth. It's the City of London fringe necklace, Mm -hmm. which we came, which Queen Elizabeth wore in several formal portraits. I mean, she just sparkled literally head to toe. Her Bruce Oldfield gown was covered in in silver sparkles. It was such a queen moment. I mean, she stepped out. It was undeniable that she was the queen. She had arrived. And I think it was just a fantastic spotlight moment for for Queen Camilla. It was a statement moment, a statement dress, statement tiara, the whole package. She did. I loved it. (laughs) 
Um, well, this seems to be like a new trend lately. Everybody wants to give the king and queen a Burger King crown. Um, well, King Charles wasn't really interested in this when a fan offered it to him. He was greeting onlookers during his walkabout in Berlin on March 29th when one person tried to give him one of Burger King's uh, famous paper crowns. Uh, the fan said, that's for you if you want it. And he said, I'm all right. <laughs> um, and then, as we know, earlier this month, uh, somebody tried to give Queen Consort Camilla the uh, Burger King crown as well. And she said, oh, lovely. That's very nice of you, Burger King. So it seems like maybe this is a new trend that's going on during walkabouts. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be a TikTok challenge, isn't yep. it? Like. <laughs> It's going to come up on TikTok trend the for you page. Yeah. Um, such a strange thing. I don't know if it's sort of the, the king, the new king and queen are sort of a little, not that they're younger, but they're younger than the queen was maybe a little bit more playful and a relatable relationship with them that they feel they can sort of have a bit more fun. Whereas the late queen Elizabeth, the second was pure reverence, you know, um, I think that they are handling these things very well, all in good humor. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I, I will, you know, you heard it here first if this becomes like a TikTok chat. Seriously, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, well, let's build some royalty. And uh, Sarah Ferguson reflected on her relationship with Prince Philip. She said during an appearance on the Life's a Beach podcast that her father, former father-in-law could be a little intimidating. She said, it's quite interesting. The Duke of Edinburgh used to say, remember, Sarah, you've got to be electable, but never elected. That resonates, right? He came across a very wise man, very wise. You had to be on your best. If you asked a silly comment, you were certainly told it was a silly comment. She said, life with Philip was terrifying. I love this so much. I feel like, you know, you, I mean, it's the crown, obviously it's sensationalized, but you see a little bit of how they portrayed him. And you, you know, you read the biographies and it seems like he like kind of told it exactly how it was. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was very straightforward. He did not hold back. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, he really had a, a sort of reverence to him. His unique position with all of his years of experience and the amazing things he must have um, bear witness to that he probably had uh, learned enough and been through enough life that he did not take anyone's, you know, <laughs> anyone's nonsense. Totally. He was not taking nonsense. I love it. Well, this is an interesting story. Um, Princess Kate may not wear a tiara to the coronation. So this is according to People magazine. So looking back at past coronations, there is precedent for women in the royal family to wear the, uh, to wear a tiara and writer Lauren Keenan of the court jeweler told the magazine, I'm certainly hoping we'll see coronation tiaras, but it's possible that Charles is following the example of some of his European counterparts, like the King of the Netherlands and setting a daytime formal dress code for the event. That would mean that we would still be still see some grand jewels like necklaces, brooches and earrings, but no tiaras. I'll be sad if that's true, but it may just be another part of the deformalizing of the British Royal world that has taken place over the last several decades. I want the tiara. Give me the tiara moment. Come on. <laughs> I know it will, you know, it might just be a sign of the times or what the modern monarchy wants to look like. However, the people want tiaras. You know, <laughs> give the people what they want. We want tiaras and ball gowns and glittering diamonds. Just give the people what they want. Right. I mean, we will see. It's going to be a historic day no matter what. It's going to be a really, really incredible moment in history to witness. But a lot of us would really like something sparkly to, you know, make it exciting. Yes. Deformalize the monarchy after the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> after the <laughs> You can do it after, but give us these big over-the-top moments, which kind of leads us right into our breaking down of the royal rules. Because speaking to us this week is curator of the Kensington Palace exhibit, Crown to Couture, Claudia Akot-Williams. Take a look. Claudia, thank you so much for joining us and talking all about 
Crown to Couture. This looks absolutely amazing. So how did this exhibition come about? VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Oh, goodness. I mean, it sort of started um, in 2018. It was the the second or the first Tuesday in May, the day after the Met Gala. Um, and, and Polly, my co-curator, and I had been sort of watching the Met Gala the night before. And... Um, and we just thought, God, there are so many similarities. You know, the, this, these images of celebrities being maneuvered out of their vehicles and, and their gowns being arranged around them by, by attendants. Mm -hmm. um, and we started to play with the idea. And I think for many years, we'd, we'd used celebrity culture as ways of helping explain certain aspects of 18th century court life to our visitors. And so we just sort of played with the idea. And the more we researched and discussed, the more the connections just sort of kept coming. Definitely. So pe when people walk through this exhibition, what story are you hoping to tell with these, um, you know, the, the designs that are on display and things like that? Yeah. Well, really, um, it's all a way of um, giving our visitors a sort of recognizable and relatable route into our 18th century stories. Mm -hmm. So it's still very much a Kensington Palace story. But what we want to explain to visitors is how these spaces would have functioned and the types of people that would have populated them in the 18th century in the court of George II and Queen Caroline, um, but in a way that makes sense to us now. Um, and so, you know, the, these spaces were designed to be filled with the biggest names of the day, the most fashionable people of the day and, you know, the most exquisite couture um, garments. And so it made sense to do that now with people like Blake Lively and Lizzo and Beyonce, um, because those are names that we can we can really understand. And it would have been their equivalent names in the 18th century that would have been in these spaces. I love that so much. I, um, so like you were saying, like, was the Georgian era, era, was that like the scene to be seen era at Kensington Palace then? Yeah, it really was. And I think it's particularly George II and Queen Caroline's reign. So from the 1720s um, for, for a couple of decades, Kensington is the sort of, you know, really the key entertaining space. The monarchy is becoming less and less politically powerful in the 18th century, but it's still the center of society. So, you know, government still travels with the monarch as they move between the palaces. Um, and similarly, 
all of fashionable society still revolves around the monarchs at that point. So, so Kensington would have hosted these elaborate um, receptions several times a week, um, and so uh, it was. It was sort of. It was really. It was a party palace, but it was also um, a space for sort of personal advancement for political progress. You know, there was. It was a really high stakes environment. There was a lot to be won and lost mm-hmm. by a successful um, appearance at court. So they were throwing like Met Galas, like multiple times a week. Let's just <laughs> exactly. Literally. That's, that's insane. So what kind of what pieces um, from celebrities, which ones were your favorite? Which ones were the hardest to secure? Kind of walk me through a little bit of what we're going to be seeing. Well, um, oh, it's so hard to pick favorites in this because there are so many incredible, incredible things. I think, you know, one favorite has to be um, Beyonce's 2017 Grammys look. Um, and we, we've placed um, Queen Bee in her rightful place on the throne at Kensington Palace. And that look was was really special, I think, in part because it's, for me, it's such a memorable and iconic look. Um, but, but within that performance, she was channeling um, different African goddesses, including Ocean, the goddess of fertility, um, and also channeling the god Apollo, who is the sun god, who appears on the ceiling of the room that she's um, portrayed in because the 18th century monarchs like Beyonce in that performance also sort of channeled the gods in their presentation. Um, and it's it's a creation by Peter Dundas mm-hmm. and it's just, it's also just exquisite. So when you see it in person, it's even more special than it is in the images. And I think that's the case with quite a few of the outfits. There's um, another one, a, a real favorite is Blake Lively's Met Gala look from 2022, which was designed by Versace in collaboration with Blake Lively. Um, and, and in that she was she was referencing um, various aspects of New York's architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it was spectacular on the red carpet and you saw this wonderful copper bow be unfair filled into this verdigris train, um, which was supposed to reference the um, patination of the Statue of Liberty. But I think what you didn't fully get in the pictures was that the train is then hand-painted with all of the signs of the zodiac from the ceiling of Grand Central Station. And there are these details which are so beautiful when you see the objects in person, which you just don't get from the images. So that's been really special. Sounds amazing. Were any of these very hard to secure or, or what, and what was the hardest to install as well? Well, I mean, you know, actually people have been so generous and I think have been sort of enthused by the concept and by the thought of seeing contemporary couture in a historic space has been, you know, people have been brilliant. Certainly the hardest object to install was um, Katy Perry's 2019 Met Gala look, which was 
the Moschino chandelier dress. And it's, you know, it is a full size crystal chandelier. And we had to transport it from LA to London. It's incredibly fragile. It's also enormous. And if you think that our our palaces, the, the doors were designed for huge Mantua dresses to, to move through. Um, but but even the chandelier couldn't fit through some of these doors. So, you know, it took, even once it was in London and at the palace, just the logistics of moving it through the spaces were really, really complicated. <laughs> and then it's fully lit. So, um, so, you know, that was a really complicated object. But it it owns the space and it, it belongs in the space. Um, it just, it's sort of such a beautiful marriage and it's such a wow moment when you see it. So it was completely worth the effort. And I, I Moschino was so supportive in, in making that happen. So as people walk through this exhibition, you're going to be seeing, like, like you said, the modern day pieces mixed in with the 18th century pieces. So you can see how it almost a cohesive look type of that. It could have just flowed together. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the comparison is made throughout the exhibition. So, um, so the the contemporary the the pieces we chose for, of contemporary dress were very much um, sort of guided by the historic story of the spaces, of the garments, of the way in which clothing operated and functioned at court. Um, so those comparisons are made consistently throughout the exhibition. Yes. Or if you are nearby, make sure to definitely check it out. Crown to Couture begins, uh, began April 5th and it goes through October 29th. So definitely take a look if you can. I'm dying to go. Oh. I think it's one of their best exhibits yet. Seriously. It's, it's so great. Um, all right. Well, moving on to our Royal History Moment of the Week and the first official portrait of King Charles has been unveiled. The oil painting was created by British artist Alistair Barford and depicts Charles wearing a blue pinstripe suit, white shirt, pink tie, maroon pocket square. Now, he did not sit for the portrait, which is interesting. He was The artist was able to study him at Buckingham Palace at a reception back in February, and he only had a couple weeks, two weeks to create this portrait, which is something that he called a huge challenge. He said the king was wearing a suit rather than robe of state. So I wanted this to be a more personal, intimate portrait of the man. I wish to capture his warmth and sensitivity, the empathy that came across in his interactions with the people he met. It was important that I captured a sympathetic expression. I, I can't believe people are so talented. I can't believe that you could do this in just two weeks, two just weeks. observing somebody. It's nuts. It's such an incredible likeness. It's a very, very, um, you know, sympathetic portrait in the, in the sense that he looks very kind. He looks very relatable. And I think so much of our conversations about the King lately have been that he wants to be relatable. You know, he wants to be a man of the people. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I mean, he did a, an absolutely beautiful job. And uh, it's, it's fun to see these uh, portraits kind of come together. And this is probably the first of many. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Royally Us. Please keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>